The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Friday, you folks, and welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host today, and thank you very much for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café a place where we've embraced technology in all of its forms. You know, the thing about the Multimedia Cafe is you never know who you're going to run into or what topic we're going to be talking about. In our conversations, they might happen face-to-face or over the phone or maybe over Skype or FaceTime and a thousand different ways nowadays that you can interact with people through the digital world, the old world, like radio and newspaper and magazines because the Multimedia Cafe also can be found in those places too. In fact... This podcast that you're listening to right here is so good, it's on the radio too. So thank you very much for choosing us here at the Multimedia Cafe. All right, we've got a fantastic program lined up for you today. Mark Eaton, former NBA All-Star of the Utah Jazz, talks about how John Wooden, the former coach of UCLA, would probably not last very long in today's world. You know, he's considered probably the greatest coach of all time, if not one of the greatest coaches of all time. But because of the instant success world we live in, he probably wouldn't have lasted because it took him a few years to get his innovative offense uh, going, that sort of thing, where he won 13 consecutive national championships or something like that. But Mark Eaton joins us, NBA former NBA All-Star with the Utah Jazz. And then we talk with Russell Treat. He's the CEO of uh, Enersys Corp. And what, what he's done is he started a podcast, and he's done the podcast for more than a year now, and that is a great thing, because a lot of people who do podcasts, somewhere after the 10th episode, they realize how much work is involved with it, and then they start dropping off pretty quick, because it is some work and some resources need to go into it. And that's kind of what we talk about, Russell Treat and I, uh, among some other things, but the challenges in creating a podcast and some of the successes as well. And then we talk with Rusty Pageant. He shares with us some barbecue tricks and tips. All that plus much more on today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe. You know what? Before we go and take a quick commercial break, I wanted to point out a few things here. This year, in 2019, there are some things turning 50 years old. So you're going to be hearing about these things throughout the year. And I kind of got my preliminary preliminary list thank you very much preliminary list of things that are turning 50 this year and a few things that jumped out on me was the first manned moon landing everybody remembers i hope apollo 11 began its historic voyage to the moon july 16th 1969 it reached its destination july 20th and then on july 21st neil armstrong became the first person to step on the moon followed by buzz aldrin So that's turning 50 this year, and looking down the list, Sesame Street. Love Sesame Street. You know, we've got Oscar the Grouch, Big Bird, my favorite, Snuffleupagus. On November 10th, 1969, television audiences were introduced to Sesame Street. 
including an orange version of Oscar the Grouch. So he turned green a little bit later, but 50 years coming up this November. A few other things. Monty Python's Flying Circus, they debuted on October 5th, 1969. The Internet, that's the one that a lot of people don't realize. The Internet now turns 50 this year. April 7th, 1969 is kind of that official birth date for the internet. Now, there's some controversy behind that, uh, according to the you know internet nerd geeks from that era, and I'll let them continue with that, but I'm going to stick with this list that uh, I'm looking at here where it says the internet, April 7th, 1969. So it turns 50 this year. Another one that jumps out, Woodstock, August 15th, 1969. Now, the one part of the description that I found interesting about the Woodstock uh, anniversary coming up, the 50-year anniversary, is that uh, the organizers assured town officials that no more than 50,000 people would show up, and it ended up being almost 400,000. That's 100 times the town of Bethel's year-round population of 4,200. So, outstanding um, little story there about just the first things to go viral, I guess, word of mouth viral. Woodstock turns 50 this year. Flavor ice, the frozen tubes of sugar water. And let's see what else they're looking down the list. PBS, well, look at that, Sesame Street, and then PBS. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, too, came out shortly after that. Wendy's, the franchise, turns 50 this year. Funyuns, the onion-flavored chip, they came out in 1969. The Brady Bunch and Tic Tacs sometimes known as the Refreshing Mint. They were introduced in 1969, and those mints now sell in more than 100 countries. Quite a few things turning 50 this year. Easy Rider, oh, wanted to mention that one. I love that movie, Easy Rider, with uh, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and, of course, Jack Nicholson. He kind of stole the show as the, uh, was he accountant, I believe? They kind of picked him up hitchhiking, and he joined the posse there of Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda. So a lot of things turning 50 this year. Just that list came across my desk and I thought, you know what, I'm going to share that with the good folks on the Multimedia Cafe. But uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break now. We come back. We're going to be joined with Rusty Pageant with some barbecue tips. My name is Jason Spies and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. One of the best things I can share is I've had an opportunity to sit down with a community leader and Eric. And we were talking and this community leader said, you know, United Way, what's your connection there? And Eric said, you know, as a child, my family would have been a family that would have benefited from United Way programming. And you don't necessarily get to see that down the road because you see someone who's been very successful in business and you see somebody who has um, helped a lot of other people along the way. But sometimes we don't stop to ask, 
you know, what's, what's the why? What's your why behind that? To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation, because we've got a fantastic guest lined up for you next. His name is Rusty Pageant, and he's going to give us some barbecue tips and maybe a couple tricks as well. Yeah, yeah, we were, uh, I was the uh, chef last year, oh. and uh, it was a... Uh, the uh, first year we actually did it, and uh, we came and we cooked a Santa Maria dry rub tri-tip and uh, ended up taking first place. Santa Maria, what's the significance behind the word Santa Maria in front of dry rub? So uh, Santa, Santa Maria, California is where uh, basically you know, the tri-tip originated. So the, the, uh, the dry rub or the, the, uh, the recipe that we used actually originated from Santa Maria, California. Okay, so you know you got your St. Louis rub, you got your Kansas City rub, which has a little sugar in it. The other one's got a little more vinegar in it. I thought maybe the Santa Marie had like wine in it or something. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. Okay, so I figure it's from California though with the name. So, uh, talk to me about what you did last year to prepare the tri tips to win the award. So well, basically, so uh, you know we brought we bought the tri tips down in uh, in, in uh, South Dakota and transported them up here since. There's nowhere here you can really buy 100 pounds of tri-tip. Uh, most most companies they or most uh, butchers they uh, they grind up the tri-tip and into uh, ground beef. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a hard hard uh, cut of meat to get. And you know we just we got we brought it up and we uh, we uh, we marinated it the night before and then just with the with the dry rub let it sit overnight and basically came out here about noon last year or last year and popped them in the popped them in the smoker after. After get him a good char on the barbecue and let it go. And that was Rusty Pageant giving us some barbecue tips and tricks. All right, coming up next, Russell Treat. He's the CEO of Enersys Corporation, but he also does a podcast. And he explains some of the challenges and some of the successes of his podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Well, now the shark's in the water. They think you're pretty sweet. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Appreciate you folks choosing us for your content today and pulling up a stool, joining the conversation, exclusive interviews here on the Multimedia Cafe. And you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to be talking about. Coming up next, what we're talking about is podcasting with Russell Treat. He's the CEO of Enersys Corporation. And he started a podcast essentially for some of his companies, but he's had so much success and so much growth that it's looking as beyond what he originally intended to do. So we talk about that growth. We talk about some of the challenges with the podcast and, you know, quite honestly, the work that's involved. Uh, A lot of times after the 10th episode of a podcast, 
people will just realize how much works and involved and each one it seems like more and more people stop doing them so he's been doing it for over a year so we try to tap into his brain a little bit to find out why he's so successful and why he's so passionate as well so this is our interview russell treat right here on the multimedia cafe hi this is russell treat i'm with interact energy services and a good day to you sir how are you what now what part of the country are you in today well, I'm actually in downtown Denver this morning. Downtown Denver, but you're based out of, is it Houston? Yes, yeah, oh. I'm based out of Houston. Okay, so but what's going on in Denver? Business, pleasure, or? Uh, business okay. and pleasure, you know, I mean. It's hard all, to. It's all, if you do it right, it's all the same thing. Exactly right, you know, and that, that is, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it, it's important for people to be reminded. I know a lot of us know this, but it's important to be reminded that if you really truly do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, if you do what you love and you do it with people who you care about, then, you know, every day's a gift. I never thought about that. I, I did, but nicely put, articulately put, that you got to have the people around you enjoy being with. Otherwise, it's a little bit of work managing relationships, huh? Well, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, all and, right. You know, that, oh, that, go that's ahead. Easy to, it's easy to say, and it's hard to do. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. That's a, kind of the meat of why we brought you on the program today. You've got an energy podcast. So uh, talk to me about the genesis of this a little bit. How, how did you get into the podcast uh, business or the podcast world? Yeah, so that, that's actually an interesting story. So I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a geek from way back. I, I was playing with computers and software before playing with computers and software was cool. Um and so I've always been interested in technology. I started listening to podcasts kind of in earnest maybe five years ago. Um, and I, I just had this idea. I liked the medium, and I had this idea about, well, if I were going to do a podcast, what would I do? Um, and I, I really, I arrived at the name first because it's catchy. It's the Pipeliners podcast. And then I kind of arrived at, yeah, I'm committed, I'm going to do this. And then it took about another year, maybe year and a half, to really kind of pull it together and get clear about why I was going to do it, what I was going to do, and, and how I was going to do it. And, and the why is simply this. You know, I, I learned what I know about the oil and gas business, about the pipelining business, mostly by going to conferences and trade shows and by talking to people older and wiser than myself or hanging out and listening to those kind of conversations. And, you know, the, the nature of the pipeline business is it's very kind of geographically dispersed. It's, it's all over the place. Um, a lot of people who work in the business may never get to go to a conference and really get any education about, you know, all the various aspects of what pipelining is. So I just decided I'm going to talk to these people who I enjoy talking to and have some fairly technical, geeky conversations, and we'll see if anybody likes to listen to that kind of conversation. And as a vehicle to help people learn the business or learn about the business. And um, I've been really blessed. I mean, the, the, the response that I've gotten has been very positive, and, and, and really it's kind of humbling just how many people have been providing feedback and expressing their appreciation for what it is I'm trying to do. 
Do you have any background in the media? You certainly seem that you can carry on a conversation. You've got a good voice. Is that just kind of something you have and decided to do a podcast? Or, you know, did you take some journalism classes in college that kind of sparked the bug? No, no. no you, you know, Jason, that's a great question. I'm an engineer. I mean, I, huh. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty stereotypical engineer. <laughs> you, you seem um, like you're a little too creative for that engineering field. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit of both, but, it, you know, I, I work in automation and measurement, and, and you'd be surprised how many people that work in that domain are musicians or, uh, you know, have some kind of artistic talents. Because really, you know, working in technology, or in fact, working in engineering can be a creative expression because you're always trying to figure out a new way of doing something. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, so, it seems but, like... But it's... I will say this. I, I am a guy who has always been comfortable, you know, going to conferences, writing papers, and being in front of groups and, and giving speeches and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I certainly have a background doing that. Um, I, I sing at my church from time to time. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm... I, so I, I have I have kind of always had an interest in uh, I'll call it public expression. Well, I was going to say you don't you seem to like have that seem to be missing that fear of public speaking. Much like for me, I'm the same way. I don't have any problem getting up in front of people and ma- making a fool of myself or wowing them with no. talent. You know, I just I. I enjoy the the rush, the the timing, and everything. And there's a lot of people that the majority of the people do not go beyond any thought process beyond the public speaking because they're like, well, I'm not going to get it up in front of people. So their dream or their, you know, their, their goal just stops right there. And so it's interesting how you phrased it like that because I've never thought of it in that way about how my lack of fear allows me to do just like you do. I, I'm the same way. I mean, we, we have bands on our programs a lot of times, so I'm spoiled. Like I look at it like, I don't want to go to any more concerts because I have these private concerts in my studio and I get backstage yeah. passes and, you Just know, want to hang out with new musicians and jam. You know? it, yeah. And, and, you know, the same, over, you know, one of the things about any of that kind of work, and, and it's also true, I think in public speaking or, or what we're talking, you know, podcasting is there's a little bit of, you've got to be willing to be bad to be good mm-hmm. because the, the comfort and the, the, you know, the comfort of doing it, the, the fear decreases as you just you have more experience doing it. But I mean, I still get I still get anxiety from time to time. But you know, I, I view that like an athlete would getting ready for a game. I Absolutely, know, I'm ready to go do something I have some passion for. Yeah, and and I, I I approach my programs a lot like how you do. It's it's more of a learning experience more than anything. Like I, I I'm doing it because I genuinely want to know things and, and yeah. It's, d- yeah. D- d- I, I have pretty much an insatiable curiosity. I'm, you know, I'm, I had a good good friend of mine and mentor who used to say, Russell, she says, you're going to have a five-year plan when you're planted. Russell Treat, hold that thought for just a moment. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Russell Treat with the Pipeliners podcast and the CEO of Intercess Corporation. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe.
Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. When you get to know Eric, and he is so willing to share with you how growing up, you know, his life was impacted by an outstanding mom. Um, and the challenges that he may be faced. When he's willing to open up and talk about those things, you're immediately drawn in. And that's that vulnerability um, that I think that he has said, he has publicly said, it's okay to be yourself. Um, and it's, it's okay for you to make mistakes along the way. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Up next, we continue our conversation with Russell Treat with the Pipeliners Podcast and the CEO of Intersys Corporation. Is anybody looking to do a podcast some of the advice that I would like to point out that you just heard from two people who have been doing this for a while. Um, I've got 25 years experience doing, you know, radio and, and print and about 10 years experience doing podcasts. And you've been doing it, what now, a year and a half, two years? I've been doing a podcast um, a little over a year. Okay. And for me, I would call that a success. And here's why. Um there was a sensational uh, sensation that happened with the blogging industry where people would get out and blog and all this stuff like that. Well, then after about a month or two months of blogging, they would ghost it away or they would just kind of wither away and die in the vine because people realize this is work. And that phenomenon is starting to happen in the podcasting world and that sort of thing. So the advice that I'd like to bring up is that if you're if you're doing something that is satisfying your curiosity or you genuinely want to learn about topics and you don't look at the podcast as work but you look at it as beneficial to either your business or your life or your soul go nuts and do it otherwise be be prepared there is some work involved what, what would you say to that comment oh it's absolutely true i think i think the big thing i you know, i run i run three businesses and I think the big thing for me about starting a podcast was figuring out how to resource it because I have the technical expertise to, you know, mix the sound and build the web pages, but I don't have the time or really the interest in all that part of podcasting. So part of what I had to do is I had to figure out how to build a team that would support what I wanted to do so I could pursue what I'm passionate about the conversation and let others pursue their past passions around the technology and the sound. Cause the other thing I wanted to do it with a level of quality, um, you know, cause there's a lot of stuff out there that's just frankly not very good. The sound is bad. The, the, you know, the conversation is not organized. So yeah, it's definitely work. And, the, and I think anybody who starts a, a podcast, you kind of have to realize that somewhere between episode five and 25 you're going to hit a wall <laughs> where you ask the question do you want to keep doing this and not only that um wh what am i going to talk about next and who, who who's gonna come on oh, my yeah, program a, oh my gosh it's like it's like payroll man it, it comes every week i gotta have an episode well yeah and you know for, for a guy like me I, I do them daily and so 
you know, I do a day, I do daily radio programs, which we then turn into podcasts. And if I didn't have that radio outlet where I have the traditional, you know, monetization revenue source model, that sort of thing, I, there's no way I would do a daily podcast. It'd be way too hard, way too hard to, to keep up with, unless you were getting compensated for your, that being your full-time job. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, I think the point you make is a good one. It is work. And, and, it, and it does require some planning, and it does require some competencies to do it well. So let me ask you this. Are, are you getting some results in that sort of thing? I, I know you enjoy it, and you know your team probably enjoys it. But at the end of the day, you do have a part of your strategy to increase awareness of your businesses. Maybe you have advertisers or sponsors or clients or something like that. Are, are you are you you must be satisfied what makes you continue to do it there that's the question what makes you to continue to do it well I, there's 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 a couple of things one is every time I get an interesting guest on and I have a conversation I feel like I make a new friend and that to me just that, that I just find a lot of joy in that and I love the geeky kind of getting into the weeds of the technology kind of conversations um, one, one of kind of my go-to guys a guy named Clint Bodungeon and he uh, he's a cybersecurity guy and I work uh, you know I, I work in SCADA and pipeline control systems and that sort of thing so cybersecurity is a big piece of that and we'll get on and oh my gosh you could you know the geeko meters in the red zone you know we we just go nuts and those are some of the episodes i get you know the most feedback about the most positive feedback about so one thing is i just love the people i love the conversation that and that helps to keep me going but the other thing is there is a you know is a business part to this um one of the challenges in 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 our niche the pipelining niche is to get known so We've been around a long time. I, I st- actually started the company in 94, but we're relatively small and not a lot of people know about us. So part of the podcast is to you know, provide a service to the industry, but also help more of the industry know who we are and that we're here and what we do. When it comes to podcasts, I think if I were to give advice to somebody, I'd say the best way to start or one of the ways to start would be to find out, obviously, what you're going to talk about. And is it going to be a general type of a podcast where you're going to be competing with a lot of different things? Or is it going to be a micro or a niche type podcast where you got to go find your audience because not everybody wants to know about you know granite countertops or whatever? I don't know. What... Um, you, you've got kind of a niche one. Did, did you kind of want to go down that niche route or did you start out with, say, an oil and gas podcast and then it went down to the po- uh, Pipeliners podcast? Do you understand my question? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. Absolutely. And I think it's a great question. I actually gave that a lot of thought because I, there and there was kind of two aspects of this. I didn't want to focus solely on what uh, our companies do, you know, to, to make a living. But I also didn't want to focus super broad. So I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to get comfortable about what is kind of the domain of conversation. And, and what I came to is the domain is anything that somebody working in a pipeline company would be interested in knowing and would be valuable to them to know more about their business and how to do their job. So that's that's much broader than what we do, but it's also super niche because 
that that's a hard market to even you know figure out how to define it really is because quite honestly their time is so fragmented and demanded that the podcast works out perfectly for somebody in the oil and gas industry but it's very difficult to get their free time does that make sense oh yeah i mean and and one of the things that that kind of sold me on the idea of of you know, do the podcast thing is, you know, in our business, you know, there's a lot of windshield time. So there's a lot of opportunity for listening to radio or listening to, well, even <laughs> depending on where you are, even radio may not be very viable, but certainly you can listen to podcasts. Well, so that- I, I think, I think there's a growing demand for good content that is, you know, helpful to me and what it is I'm trying to do. Or what I'm interested in. Yeah. I know when, one of the consulting parts I get into is the audio portion, whether it be radio, whether it be uh, you know podcasts. It's an audio format, which at the end of the day means hands-free. And up in North Dakota, there's uh, flooding issues. And so, of course, when the floods happen, radio becomes king or uh, because everybody needs their hands to sandbag and that sort of thing. And, and that's true when you start thinking of it like that in the oil and gas industry all those jobs that a lot of those guys need their hands uh in order to do things but they can have a a, a radio station or a podcast going there's the windshield time you got engineers and ceos driving an hour to two hours to a rig and that sort of thing so they need their hands free and they need to drive on the wheel and listen and that sort of thing there's a lot of that you know even even in agriculture fixing fence posts milking cows that sort of thing so there's a lot of different uh industries and a lot of different shop time and garage time where the podcasts and the radio really can shine that's what i've noticed oh yeah i think i think that's absolutely true I think that's absolutely true. I think I think I've been surprised. I might might kind of be interested in your opinion on this because, you know, it it you hear about you know the hockey stick and you you know you bang into a market for a while and then so, you know suddenly it kind of goes viral. That has not been my experience at all. I mean, we've had fairly quick growth, but it's been steady. Um. That's what I've had. I've had too. Yeah. I've I've had a couple things that have quote unquote gone viral, but I mean that that doesn't. <clears throat> and that was Russell Treat with the Pipeliners Podcast and Intersys Corporation. Coming up next here on the Multimedia Cafe, we're going to talk with Mark Eaton, former Utah Jazz Center and NBA All Star, and he's coming up right around the corner, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising. Even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the earth crumbles under my feet. Even when the ones I love turn around and crucify me. 
Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host today. Thank you, folks. Pulling up a stool, joining the conversation. Coming up next, we've got Mark Eaton, former NBA All-Star with the Utah Jazz. He played with Utah Jazz from 1982 to 1993. NBA Defensive Player of the Year two times in 1985 and in 1989. He's 7'4". And that helped him become one of the best defensive centers in NBA history. In fact, he holds the NBA record for the most blocks in a season at 456 and a career average of block shots per game at three and a half. Mark Eaton currently travels the country speaking on uh, corporate culture, motivation. We recently caught up with him to talk about John Wooden, former coach at UCLA, and whether his coaching style, if there would have been enough patience in today's world to allow John Wooden to really develop his coaching style, who then went on to be one of the most successful coaches in collegiate history. Up next, right here on the Multimedia Cafe, is Mark Eaton. Your thoughts on that, and put that into the business world a little bit. How important is longevity in successful business? I think it's very important. If you use the sports metaphor for a minute, um, uh, you look at the great NBA teams, the Lakers, the Celtics, that core group of people does not change very much year after year because it takes a few years to build that rapport and that understanding of each other out there on the court. And I think business is much the same way. We Unfortunately, we're in a corporate environment now where people are constantly changing jobs and stepping on each other try and get ahead uh, but the companies that you have a tendency to admire are the ones that do have that longevity that do have the core group of management and you know, the core management team that stays together the core sales team that stays together because you learn how to work better together and if you can understand the concept of teamwork and kind of get off of that tangent that well I just need to climb on everybody else if I'm going to get my career further ahead and understand the concept that if the team wins you win then I think that that bodes well for your long-term success. And I've certainly seen that as I travel around the country and speak to different businesses. The ones that take that attitude and are really there for their teammates uh, and taking care of them and let's, let's work on this together, how can I help you and how can you help me, uh, seem to have a much happier culture internally in their business and seem to have much greater results from a bottom line perspective than the ones that are constantly changing and moving all the time and mm -hmm. this person goes and that one's coming in and it's just you know now we're, we were doing management systems this way now we're going to do them that way there's no consistency and continuity and people are just like I'm just going to show up and put in my eight hours and I'm out of here uh, so I think that's the, the the culture that you have to look at if you're a boss or a CEO where where do you want to go what you know what are your missions and values and what do you what do you want to stand for at the end of the day because your culture is going to have a direct impact on, on what your bottom line is. Coach Dale Brown also said uh, Coach Wooden from UCLA would not last today because he didn't have his first winning season. or had a, It took him 10 years about to get a winning season going and a winning team going. And he, all, and he thought that was a travesty because of the way people are today for those reasons you just mentioned earlier. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think somebody like a... Uh, are there other John Woodens out there that we'll never get to see because they get cut right away, either in business, yeah, sports, or whatever? Yeah, I, I think in business and in sports, it's win now, win now at any cost, mm -hmm. and very little time is spent on developing your team, developing your philosophy, 
developing your players. And I think there's a lot of guys that get sold short and a lot of coaches that get sold short because of that. So Coach John was a perfect example. He spent years building his pyramid of success mm -hmm. and his baseline philosophy of what he came to believe team was all about, uh, and which was evidenced by you know, 10 national championships. Uh, and there's so little tolerance nowadays for let's take this player and let him develop for a couple of years. Let's work with him. Let's assign a special coach to him. Let's really help train him to do his job well. Uh, we, we have a tendency in business now to go from the hiring to the judging space. And uh, there's a great book written a number of years ago by Ken Blanchard called Raving Fans. And he talks about the, the missing component of coaching that people don't spend very much time teaching people how to do their jobs and help them develop and where do you want to go with your career and how can I help you in the context of what we're doing here in this, mm -hmm. this organization. So so yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's very true and, and unfortunate and um, I, I hope that eventually it'll shift around the other way. Uh, any advice you might have for uh, anybody looking at investing in the Bakken, and getting out in the Bakken. and I'm not sure your affiliation. Do you, are you investing in the Bakken in no, any no, way? I don't have any okay. investment in the Bakken. Right uh, no. Any advice you might have, whether it's a 24-year-old fresh out of school going out there to make his first million or a 65-year-old uh, seasoned veteran going out there. You've been out there. You understand communication. You understand relationships. Uh, it is kind of a... a blanket statement, I understand that, but any advice you might have for somebody who's looking at doing doing that, getting out there making a million bucks? Well, I think the opportunities are certainly there. I think you'd have to be smart about it like any other thing, and, and uh, you know, oil and gas investment is a, mm -hmm. is a risky proposition in the best of circumstances. Uh, and again, to me, it goes back to who's the team you're working with. And it's fascinating when you listen to business investors talk about companies are going to that are going to go public or they're thinking about going public, uh, the one thing they're always asking is, who's on your team? Who are your teammates? And so my best advice would be to find a great team. Find somebody that's really doing it well and go work for them and figure out what it is they're doing before you decide to strike out on your own or do something differently. But uh, the, the one that has the best management team, the happiest employees, that's the person I want to work for. Thank you very much, Mark Eaton. Okay, thank you. And that was Mark Eaton, former Utah Jazz Center, NBA All-Star, motivational speaker, corporate culture speaker. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and once again, I'd like to thank Mark Eaton, Russell Treat, the CEO of Intersys Corporation and the host of the Pipeliners podcast, and Rusty Pageant for sharing some of his barbecue tricks and tips. It was a fantastic program today here at the Multimedia Cafe. We'll be back next week on Monday, but that's going to do it today for Friday, January 18th, 2019. And I thank you folks once again for choosing the Multimedia Cafe as part of your content selection. I know there's a million different choices out there, and, and we really are very appreciative of your choice here with the Multimedia Cafe. And I'll promise you all of our interviews are 100% exclusive. You're not going to find these anywhere else. So it, there's a little bit of an incentive here it's just that we're not repackaging and putting them out there this is 100 percent exclusive original interviews all right you folks have yourself a wonderful weekend i know this weekend i've got a sleepover i've got six young boys pre-teens coming over and i'm making a taco bar so it's going to be a make your own taco bar 
here at the Spies household on Saturday night. So maybe I'll report back on Monday to let you know if I have any carpet left after all the stains. I'm sure that are going to be in my basement. So, All right, folks, thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Did you hear that train coming, Mr. Polzmanchuk? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Good engineer told the brakeman not to fear. Pour on the water shovel on the coal. Stick your head at the window, see my drivers roll. Stick your head at the window, see my drivers roll. Early one the morning, said it'd be four days. Brakeman said you have to pay. Got no money but upon my shoes. Said I wanna go west, I got the Milwaukee blues. Said I wanna go west, I got the Milwaukee blues. Bicycle, automobile, said a bow-legged woman in a Ferris wheel. Said a bow-legged woman in a Ferris wheel. Way down in Georgia on a tramp. Roads are getting muddy and the leaves are getting damp. Gonna crash me a freight train to leave this town. Cause I don't allow no hobos to hanging around. Don't allow no hobos to hanging around. Muddy and the leaves are getting damp. Gonna catch me a freight train to leave this town. Cause I don't allow no hobos to the hanging around. Don't allow no hobos to the hanging around. Case in case, I was a good engineer. Told the brakeman not to fear. Pour on the water shovel on the coal. Stick your head out the window, see my drivers roll. Stick your head out the window, see my drivers roll. One more time. Let's pull it all in that railroad station out here. Let's see Fargo coming up. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies.